0: I mean, it seems like it could be Patrick, because when he's not, I mean, he hasn't, I don't think he's had a drink in over a year. But quitting caffeine is brutal. Yeah.
1: I'm ready whenever y'all are.
0: Uh. uh yeah, I'm ready. Everybody ready? Thumbs up? Oh, as I'm about to burp.
2: Good day, you are listening to a podcast But, but this, this isn't just any podcast Just any podcast couldn't do this
1: <coughs> Or this <coughs> What the? This is the podcast Starring the tents Starring the Ted Starr-
0: the, uh, Starring the Ted Smith and Cobb Ha-ha! The podcast starts You better wear a helmet now Excuse me. There we go. Get out in there. Welcome back to the the home episode. Uh, to the left of me. Actually, he's to the bottom of me tonight on my screen here on the Zoom. He goes by the name of Todd. Todd, what's going on?
1: <laughs> hey, what's everyone? Thanks for listening to the home episodes. Not much to report except that the protests are crazy, and it looks like we're going to maybe reduce some police brutality this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to start with that. Uh, down. I don't know. He's a traveling man. Guess we're on the name of Matt Comer, the producer of MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Dad. <laughs> He's all over the place. I don't know if I want to give out his exact location anymore. <laughs> uh, so, you brought up the protest. Cobb and I are very, uh, everybody heard last week that the uh, helicopters or the planes in the background. Also, by the way, Matt, get the F 8 ready. I just want to say this right now. I f-ing hate helicopters now. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so if people haven't seen in in Seattle, basically they built like a, can be called like a skirmish line by the East Precinct precinct of the police station up on Capitol Hill, which is just around the corner from, I mean, from Cobb and I's separate homes, but Cobb's almost closer than I am. I'm just, what, like a block of, anyhow. So I walked up there today, man, and the cops have just left the East Precinct. And it's just the protesters there now. I mean it's wild, man. They had a whole medic like area set up and then they were like, don't take pictures here, we don't want to out our medics and this and that. But it was just like super peaceful rallies, like no more helicopters at night, no more flash grenades. I mean it was I don't know. Like I, I don't know what you do once you have a police station, but it, it was it was pretty powerful being down there and seeing what people are organizing.
1: Yeah, dude, I, I um it's an interesting strategy by the SPD, but what I know the things that I know to be true are that they pulled up a moving van and pulled out all the evidence that they had in the building and any other things of value uh, took off. They installed some concrete um, barricades. Were those still there today, Ted, in the street?
0: Uh, there's a couple, but honestly, like the, the protesters have just moved them back. Like right in front of the police station now is like, like a little stage and people giving yeah. speeches. I mean, they've turned it in. I forget what they're calling it. Yeah, it?
1: so there was that, and then they, they uh, boarded up all the windows of the police station. And this is a big precinct for people not familiar. And then they threw a chain-link fence around it, and basically, you know, they were just like, okay, like whatever happens happens at this point, but we're abandoning this post. And then they all had grouped up in a park near Ted and my house about a mile from that site, and they had a couple of vans, or a couple of buses, sorry, last night full of cops ready to go. But from what I understand... Everything was pretty peaceful last night. And, you know, maybe this was a judo move by the mayor to be like, the, the less we resist this thing, like maybe it dies out. I'm not sure. What are your, what's your take
0: on it, Ted? I mean, as a strategy. Yeah. That, what are they call it? The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Chaz. Uh, I mean, look, last night when the cops left it, I really thought it was just a trap. And they were just kind of baiting people to burn it down, which I am so happy they did not. But also, like that's a de-escalation, you know. Like now that the cops aren't there on that battle line, I mean, there's just there's not the tension down there. Like I just kind of stroll, scroll- strolled through there. There was speeches being given on uh, on Cal Anderson. I mean, there's still a ton of people down there, but it's like I don't know. It's just a, like a nice place to go protest, and that's like their thing now. And I don't. Yeah, it's like punching the air. There's nothing left to fight. Yeah, I mean. It, Yeah, it's wild. With that said, there was a dude that tried to drive through on Sunday and shot somebody. And then when I left you Sunday afternoon, I was walking down to my house and there was just this massive white dude blaring country music out of his phone with a bat. And he like walked by me and I was like, "That's not right." And then my landlord told me she was like, "Yeah, he was out front screaming eye for an eye." So like that stuff still kind of scares me. Like I worry about like the Proud Boys showing up, but. Well, tonight I was up there. I mean, it was I was just walking around. It was super peaceful. If anything, I think people thought I was the cop.
1: Yeah, you get that a lot lately. I, uh, <laughs> I did hear some stories about that going on. In, uh there's an area near um, Seattle. It's just the next county over for people not from here called Snohomish. And they have a downtown area that's and it's certainly, you know, considerably more rural, it's mostly an agricultural area. And apparently they had some you know i don't know that it was proud boys or local militia or what but some guys with uh with ars walking on their main street um flying some flags that i don't agree with so you know there is but it, still it's that country fly. vibe in washington i mean like as soon as you get out of the city you know there's still agriculture and country stuff and some in my opinion backwards beliefs so interesting tension
0: yeah i guess too is like like i don't know like it, what really bugs me about, like, people, if you don't like what's happening down here, you don't have to come down here. So, like, the Proud Boys or, or like, that dude, it's like, well, what are you doing down here, right? Like, I'm not going to go up and protest in Snohomish. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, like you're just kind of coming down for trouble. Like, all right. And they did a good job. Like, there was some dude last night that tried to get through. But the the protesters now on their perimeters have dudes lined up with bikes. It's like they took the cops technique and they're like, no, you're not coming through our stuff.
1: Dude. Yeah. Weirdly. I mean, two, two things on that one shout out to BCU, which is the local credit union. I saw my banker out there with his bike. Pretty cool. Um, but also um, I couldn't the, find anybody. <laughs> it calls into question whether, you know, I, okay. So the U S department of defense, right? Like the big joke is that's basically always used for offense. Um, and This, you know, the thing with like people in Snohomish, for instance, is if they're legitimately protecting businesses and property and they feel like holding an AK-47 to scare people is the way to do it, you know, I'll at least hear that argument. But it's a little bit different when you go somewhere, like you're saying, seeking out trouble. And so it's probably a little tough to separate the people who are like, quote unquote, Proud Boys or Antifa, you know, being instigators with people who are genuinely concerned for their you know, life or property or, or, um, you know, family, but it's, it's probably, they probably looked very similar to the untrained eye.
0: Yeah. But also too, like, you know, I just think those protests we had in the city, you get, you're hitting people with flash grenades and mace and you know what I mean? If you had gone up to Snohomish and started dropping flash grenades and all those dudes, I think that would have been a different outcome. You know, oh, the, 100%. Police, the police just kind of cruised by and we're like, all right, cool.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that, Ted, that's a really good point, because I think that in and of itself exposes the double standard uh, between, you know, white people and uh, brown, black, or people of color, in that, you know, like them, it, it's tolerated that they're walking Main Street with, um, with ARs. And I don't know that the same would be true in reverse.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it was tolerated when they were going into state houses because they didn't like the stay-at-home orders. Right. right. You, I mean, you saw videos of people pushing up on cops. Those cops didn't react at all. But, you know, when you have protests over a, a man dying in police custody, then all of a sudden the, the riot gear is out. Just it just escalates things to a, to a whole other level. And look, trust me, I think defund the police. I'm not sure. I really think that's great terminology. Like, you no, know, I, I am not in the least bit suggesting to get rid of cops. But. I, I am here for the conversation. If we could change some th- some things, you know, what's it, Candom, New Jersey. I want to say, I read a whole thing on there where they kind of redid their police department and like crime has gone down and stuff. They put resources into other things.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the, the war on drugs took us down a weird path of militarization of the police force, you know, no knock warrants and things like that. And basically the, police versus the citizens, which is a weird dynamic, you know, in terms of, you know, everything in the U S like I always say is like picking sides, you know, Walmart or target Coke or Pepsi. And what, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Ted. I think defund the police. It's like a, you know, it's rhetoric, but the idea behind it is just to shift some of the massive amounts of funding that go towards crime, crime and punishment or crime prevention and punishment towards prevention, treatment and awareness you know and education which i'm i'm for but obviously i'm with you you can't get rid of police entirely and that's kind of how that was the sticking point you and i were talking about with the minnesota mayor he was at the rally and basically um was it the mayor of minneapolis Minneapolis? and they were like so yes or no question do you want to get rid of the police and he was just like all of the police and they're like yeah and he was like well no and they boot him out of the arena or out of you know off the street
0: yeah Right. You can't you can't have <laughs> you can't have no police. That wouldn't work. But Yeah. I want to say it was in Candom, New Jersey. Man, I am hope I'm getting that city that city right. But they had a bunch of police problems. So they basically did what people are talking about. Redid the department and like the officers have to go out and like knock on doors and introduce themselves to everybody. And it just made a different thing. I mean, look, I have a friend who was a uh, who was a cop in Seattle for years. Right. Like back in the old days. And he's told me some stories. And he's like, yeah, like we kind of all knew each other. Like, you knew who the gang members were, they knew who you were, like, and, like, there was almost, like, an agreement, right? And, like, stuff stayed within each other. But then you get to, like, the mid-90s or whatever, and everything just got wild. I mean, it was, you know, whether it was D.C. or here, like, all of a sudden, you got just innocents, like, citizens that are getting guns pulled on and stuff, you know? And I think that that changed a lot, you know, and the, you know, just more tensious.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's been a hist Well, actually, yeah, I'm with you.
0: Did you see the Chicago mayor today? No. Oh man, they had like the deadliest weekend in Chicago last weekend in like years. And I only bring that up not to. I, I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, Black Lives Matter. Look at Chicago. But the mayor was like, "This is getting crazy." And they have people that's knocking over places and looting them that have nothing to do with a protest. Like, really? Yeah. Like parts of that city are just gotten crazy. I've been so focused on Seattle, I haven't
1: really been paying too much attention to what's going on in the other cities. I mean, aside from Portland, but as far as crime, I assumed that most people at this point that the protest was peaceful. It sounds like maybe that's
0: not the case in Chicago. No, but that's what I'm saying. Those weren't protesters. Those were people just taking advantage, you know. But also, it's hard not to pay attention to the Seattle stuff when it's five blocks from your house. Dude, that chopper for people, yeah, it was constant
1: over Ted in My House. Literally, the loop, we were both on the loop that it was running for the last 10 days, I don't know, for like 15 hours a day, 10 hours a day. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, it was, it was driving me insane. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man, I don't know how to describe it. It just, like... I, I was getting to the point on Sunday, like we were talking about, like, I gotta get earplugs and like this or that just to go to sleep. I mean, you can close your windows, but when a helicopter is directly over you, like you hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, like it shakes my window. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It was just insanity. Everybody I know in the military I was like, I don't know how you guys did this. But then some were like, well, when you're in a war zone, you're happy to hear the first because they know who you are. He's like, but you're like a citizen in the zone. You have no idea what that chopper is doing or what. It makes you nervous. Like, goddamn right it makes a man nervous. <laughs> yeah, also, down, Like, I live in Capitol Hill. Like, I live almost in downtown. Like, it just, it's not normal to have, like, military operations going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. It is pretty wild.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, last week we were talking about stuff. I want to give a shout-out to Dom. She sent me an email. I forgot to bring it home, but uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate the words. Uh, All right, so that's the update on the protest stuff we got going on. What are we feeling? uh, So, Matt, things have opened up in King County. We're at a modified 1.5. So, I mean, you can sit outside of bars or you can go inside the restaurant and maybe have an order of chicken wings, I've heard.
2: Wow. (laughs) Sounds delightful.
0: It was just so strange to be in an establishment and not just get takeout.
2: Yeah. Uh I bet how long's it been now? Like three and a half months since you were able to do that?
0: Yeah, I wanna say they closed everything on like March fifteenth or something, that's Sunday.
2: Okay. Yeah, um two and a half, whatever, but the um was it weird just because you hadn't done it in forever, or was it weird cause it was at twenty five percent capacity?
0: To me, it was just kind of weird as we just haven't done it. Okay. Because otherwise, it would have just seemed like you were in a place that wasn't that crowded.
2: Yeah, that's good. I guess I've been in places at 25% capacity plenty.
0: Tom, what would you
1: think? Honestly, I thought it was amazing. I mean, rarely will you find me, especially on a Sunday, ripping shots and crushing beers with Ted. And uh, I was down, man. I mean, every time the waiter was like, or the bartender was like, Do you guys want another? Like, hell yeah. Yeah, we were doing salads. They ran out of tots. Like, we, we were one step short of high fiving everyone in the bar. So, I mean, I was pumped, dude. Like, we just, anytime the conversation would die, I just look around, and like, honestly, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, I effing I loved it, man.
0: Yeah, Matt, I had to shut it down. What do you mean? it was like 7.30 or something. I was like, all right, I got to do laundry like it's Sunday. (laughs) I want to stay until 2. I'm desperate for social contact. What's
2: that, Matt? How drunk were you at that point?
0: Uh, I don't know. Would we have like four beers and a shot?
1: Yeah, something like that. Honestly, I was just desperate for social contact. I would have stayed all night.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like I left because of an Irish exit. I'm just saying, like, literally, we had been on a long walk with Barnsey, and then we were sitting in this place drinking, and they were like, oh, we – Cobb, of all people, was like, I could hang here all night. I was like, all right, all right. I got to actually do stuff. <laughs> <That's>,
2: <laughs> those are not the usual roles in that friend group. Ted being like, I got to go, man.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's so what I'm saying. That's what was funny. I was like, hi, right, man, we got to do something.
2: But, yeah, I mean, Cobb, you
0: agree. I, I mean, it was great. It was just like when we walked in, the bartender, I mean, you can't sit at the bar. But he's just like, we're, I'm just kind of standing there. And he's like, you're looking for your buddy? He's over there. And then, like, I feel like he could just feel me smiling underneath my – uh uh, my scarf. It was just like, yeah, it's cool. Like you're goddamn <laughs> right. It's cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Yeah, man, it was seriously, it, was, it felt so good to be in there and just like, uh, I don't know. It just, it had been so long. I didn't realize what a big um, role bars play in my life. Cause I don't really drink that much, but I do spend a lot of time at bars, hanging with friends or whatever. And just like those little interactions quick, like, you know, <laughs> BSing with the bartender, like, meet up with your friends for like a quick one whatever like that's a huge part of my like social you know framework just because i you know i work by myself primarily and so like i just missed it man you know it was great so
2: how does the drinking with a mask thing work
0: well you know are gone after about one beer yeah you don't keep <laughs> i mean when you go in you don't have to keep your mask on while you eat and drink i mean that's just physically impossible
2: right
1: <laughs> that's what i was that? wondering. Have you seen the video of that guy in the Vegas casino trying to smoke a cigarette with his mask
0: on? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I know. Like at that point too, to, to me, it seemed, like he's smoking a cigarette in a place where you can smoke indoors. Like just let him smoke. Like, you know what I mean? It'd be like trying to eat with a mask on. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like he can't, it is funny. Who, anybody who hasn't seen it, I'm sure everybody listens. If you look, if you listen to podcasts, you've seen that video, but he's, he's got his mask on and then he tried to like, he has a cigarette sitting out of the side and tries to light it but can't really get it going. And then when he wants to exhale, he's got to take the mask off. I'm like, dude, honestly, like for your own safety, take that mask off before you pull it. the smoke. And, you know, when he first exhales, he's just like hotboxing himself in that mask. It's so good, man. Yeah, and that's not weed. He's smoking just a regular cig. Like, weed, you know, people would hotbox themselves. So, yeah, like, that's just tobacco. Gas yes, mask. Oh, man. Yeah, my buddy at work, we've been joking because uh, he always puts in like a stick of Trident after he smokes a cigarette. So he's like, my math, the inside of my mask smells like tobacco and spearmint gum. And I was like, smells like a damn man.
2: I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I used to work directly for him. <laughs> also, <laughs> sorry, I just looked up at myself in the Zoom call and realized I still have the Cascadia flag which doesn't seem as ironic now.
1: Yeah, it's seriously, I mean, it's, it's, that's how movements start, man. It start as an idea. But yeah, the whole cascade thing is definitely, that, that seems like a statement piece now, Ted.
2: <laughs>
1: You're literally and figuratively throwing up a flag. <laughs>
0: uh, I will say, so it was nice to sit there and like get served a beer. And then also, I, I talked to our other buddy, Joe, and I was like, you know what, though? When the bill came, I was like, oh, yeah, we have to pay for this. It isn't like <laughs> just sitting at home on a Zoom call where you just crush beers and do shots for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you guys, uh, have you guys heard about the NBA's idea for the bubble?
2: In Orlando?
0: Correct. Dude, weirdly, I was proposing the same idea a
1: while ago. I think I heard it from somewhere else, though. It was not my original idea, but to do that in Vegas for the NFL and just put them in hotels. I haven't heard that much about the NBA's details, but somebody texted me, and they're like, oh, yeah, the NFL idea they're doing for the NBA.
0: Right, so the NBA originally was talking about doing it in Vegas.
1: Oh, that's probably how I heard of it originally then.
0: Right, so they were talking about doing it there, but then Disney – ABC obviously owns ESPN, and they have a massive contract with the NBA, right? So they, they need the NBA on. So then Disney World is the other one that works out well because you have all the hotels and everything. You have the facilities with the wide world of sports. So so I don't. it's not every team, and they're going to have like a 16-game like rest of the season and then start the playoffs. How are they
1: set for NBA basketball courts at Disney World? What's that? How are they set for
0: NBA basketball courts at Disney World? Dude, that wide world of sports stuff, I mean, they hold massive AAU tournaments in there, which are smaller oh. courts, but I, I, I can guarantee you they have at least, I'd say at least four full-size NBA courts in there. Wow. With- what is the wide world of sports? It's just like a, you know, like Disney World is separated in parks, like Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom. Yeah. So there's this whole area, and I don't know if that's what they call it anymore, but it's just like a sports complex. It's like whenever oh. you see like, Little kids that win, like, the flag football championships, they're all held there. Like, AAU U- tournaments for basketball all summer are there. They have, like, uh, they I mean, trust me, they have a ton of tournaments there. I want to say, like, some of the cheerleading stuff's done there and everything. So, I mean, it, it's built the sports complex. Oh, I'm just a Magic Kingdom guy. You never go to the other parks?
1: Dude, I, you know, I've only been to Disney World once, and we had limited time. I was there on, like, a swimming trip, and so – we just we hit the Magic Kingdom but that weirdly that symphony whatever that is like I don't think it's in Toontown but like the symphony like show thing you watch was awesome. I thought it would be terrible. It's great.
0: Huh. I remember that one.
1: Matt, have you been to like that movie Fantasia?
2: One time? Yeah, one time um barely remember it. Uh my dad used to work for Disney actually. Um and so he was there there was some like big conference thing and so we went and all i remember was uh pat sajak was at the waffle bar uh at the grand floridian and i was offered an opportunity huh great hotel right yeah that's where we stayed uh grand floridian is dope as hell i remember that i remember pat sajak was there in the breakfast place and I remember at one point my dad was like, Hey, do you want to come down and meet this singer who did a song for uh maybe it was Mulan back then? One of those one of those movies. And no one knew who she was at the point at that point, but it ended up being Christina Aguilera, which I regretted a lot when I started masturbating to her maxim spread a lot. Um and so my dad has a picture of him with Christina Aguilera um, from that weekend, and I had the chance to meet her and missed out.
0: Yeah, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, and Ryan Gosling were all on the Mickey Mouse Club at the same time.
2: At the same time? Yeah. Wow. That is an
0: alumni. <laughs> a lot of talent. Dude, honestly, it's weird how talent
1: concentrates like that. Like, Bullet Academy was the same way. If anyone wants like a crazy Wikipedia to go down, you look at like the number of number one tennis players who came out of this academy in Florida, this tennis academy. And it's crazy. I just know about it because of Andre Agassi's book open, which is awesome. But yeah, you definitely see like, you know, the swords sharpening each other or whatever that phrase is like, you know, you see like elite talent forming in groups like Jamaica sprinters, for instance.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the Mickey Mouse clubs a little different only because they all like you got to audition and stuff.
1: Well, yeah, same with Terry. So, say what Terry is again? <clears throat> Terry was an elite tennis academy. I think it still exists, but it was an elite tennis academy in the '80s, and it ended up producing almost every champion in the '90s, a men's and women's side. So, was, the number of people who went there is insane. I I don't want to try to rattle them off because I feel like I'll mess a couple up and people will call me out, but it's crazy how many like top pros went there. And so, yeah, same type of thing where it just, you know, the talent concentrates much like this podcast.
0: Okay, yeah. I was going to say, or maybe a small school in Hyattsville, Maryland called DeMatha.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <We're stagged. laughs> uh, yeah. So, all right. So the NBA is going to go down there, right? So then the first couple things you heard and they're calling it the bubble. So the first couple of things you heard was like people were ar- going to get in arguments over who got like the nicest hotels. And obviously the grand Floridian would be one of them. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like who cares? Right? Like I get your NBA players. You're all million, not all of them. Most of them are millionaires. But the craziest thing to me is, is that like you can't bring people in and out of the bubble. So like once they stay there, they're there. Uh, I was going to say, so like some of the families won't be there, but they've also said they can't drug test them. Like, they're going to coronavirus test them and, like, uh, PED. They're like, yeah, we can't test them for everything else. So I'm just like, yo, this bubble's about to be wild, and people are going to break the rules. (laughs) Yeah, dude, you're
1: sitting there with nothing to do except play basketball. You're in Disney making millions of dollars. And, dude, drugs are going to be a crazy commodity, too, because you think about people are only going to have what they brought in there at the beginning. Yeah, and it's Disney World. Wow. Wow. Dude, so it's going to be like – it's going to get
0: more and more expensive as the season goes on, you know? People need their juice or their whatever. And Like, I'm not trying to say anything about pro athletes. I just have a hard time thinking a bunch of pro athletes are all hanging out in this bubble where it's like you just got to play and then do what you want. And, like, nobody's going to call a chick over. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, but how do they
1: sneak – they're going to be, like, sneaking her in, like, Mickey Mouse suits and stuff. I hope, like, some former Disney employee gets, like, an underground trade going where he's, like, smuggling stuff in in an old goofy outfit he had where he's, like, bringing in drugs on one leg and, like, you know, girls in, like, a wheelbarrow or whatever.
0: It's going to be lit. <laughs> if you could only bring, like, one person, do you bring the wife or do you tell her, oh, sorry, honey, you can't go and just bring the side piece? <laughs> That's the problem is she can read the news. You're
2: going to stay here huh. with the kids.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, look, this isn't just me. Like, uh, I was watching Get Up on ESPN, and even Mike Greenberg was like, I think I just want to go hang out in the bubble. Like, this seems like the party to be at.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Dude, you know crazy stories are going to come out of there. Honestly, Ted, I think you bring the piece. The side piece? Yeah, I think you bring the side piece. I'll think, I don't know, Ted, which, which do you bring
0: and why? I think I'm with you. I'm bringing the side piece. It says – I feel like the team has to agree on this. <laughs> <laughs> like, are we bringing the wives? Or are we bringing the side pieces? Yes, <laughs> dude, you're 100% correct. You need full, like, it needs to be a monopoly vote one way or the other. Right, like, like I was going to say, let's, let's just say we're all married, right? Like, Matt can't have his wife there, and then our wives aren't there. Because Matt's wife's going to, like, call our wives and be like, yo! Ted and Ted and down here. Where are you? (laughs)
1: Uh, And Ted brought some blonde
0: bimbo strapped with cocaine. (laughs) 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 Right. He calls himself the Grand Floridian now. I mean, it's (laughs) kind of cool. So all right. So here's the thing, though. You bring the side piece. You also have to be on your game because it's just a bunch of other pro athletes around side pieces like. Feel like you got to be prepared to lose that over the course of this quarter.
1: <laughs> wow, dude! Yeah, it's like one of those like Love Island type shows. Like, uh, it's based, dude. How are they not filming this for a reality show for the Wild World Sport? They need content. There's no sports on right now. I think you bring some cameras in there and you maybe bus in about fifty
0: potential side pieces and see how it goes. Yeah, and like I know legally or not, I shouldn't say legally. I know you probably can't do it because it's about not having people enter the bubble. But imagine if they were like, all right, a hundred fans, like you get to come in for this two month or three month tournament or whatever. You just got to pay this much money. I'd be like, this is awesome. Like we get to see all the NBA players we want. We get up and watch like two or three games a day. And then just party at night in Disney world. Dude, I'll say this. Disney world's in Florida, correct? Correct. Orlando. All right. And you're
1: talking to me about legally what can happen in Florida legally. Florida is uh, a war zone. I mean, Epstein basically was, like, there was a huge amount of evidence that he had molested at least 30 underage women, and he got a year and a half in, like, a white-collar resort prison. So, like, don't tell me legally in Florida. Legally, the laws don't matter in Florida, and you can do whatever you <laughs> want. It's the gunshot state, baby. I say
0: turn them free and film it all for the public. Yeah, I remember Robert Kraft was paying for handies down there. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, he got busted. It, like, it was like, it was like, and it was cheap, man. It was like $70 for, for, like, rub and tugs at an Asian massage parlor. And it's like, dude, like, and then anyhow, the evidence was supposed to come out. Somehow the case just, I think, went away or the video never came out. That's like, Florida. That's Florida, man. They always just slide away. Somehow
1: they just, the sand slips through the fingers, baby. Man, how is he not paying another, like, $700 for silence and privacy?
0: <laughs> i don't know plus if you're robert Kraft, i don't know if he's a billionaire or just a super millionaire like he's a billionaire yeah like what are, you, what are you doing going to a strip mall <laughs> like, yeah you've instagram like the rest of us man yeah there's services for people like you and there's people happy to do that service in the sex work industry like you'll be fine <laughs> yeah why
1: was he like rifling through the bargain bin in florida that's the real <laughs> question
0: the only thing I could figure, man, it was, like, Tiger Woods, right? Like, maybe you're just so famous, you just, like – I mean, Tiger Woods was just taking gimmies at Perkins. But maybe for Robert Kraft, that was the excitement. Like, oh, look at me getting this done in a strip mall. I mean,
1: I'll, I'll say this, Ted. You know, I, I can afford going to Five Guys Burgers and Fries. I can afford going to Kid Valley once in a while for a meal. I can go to Red Robin. But every once in a while, like, you just want, like, a down and dirty, like – McDonald's burger you know like we've all been there we've all been to you know call it Burger King Wendy's Dairy Queen whatever like sometimes that just does the job
0: yeah I think we've talked about on this podcast endlessly about mostly like with pizzas right like you can always go the high end you know Pagliacci or Dino's but sometimes man you just want that you just want a pizza hut Domino's just a regular chain pizza Dude, and that's what
1: I'm saying. You know, if it's New Year's, Christmas, I get it. You want something special. You order up a Pagliacci and they bring it by. But it's a Tuesday in the winter and it's raining outside. Like, you're going to hit up your boy Domino's. It's just a matter of, you know, matter of fact. So I kind of like that, that actually humanizes Bob Kraft to me a little bit. You know, he's not that different from you and I.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that you turned this into a positive for Bob Kraft. you were only in boston for four years you can give it up (laughs) oh man that is pretty funny uh yeah so florida i don't know this nba bubble i think it's going to be crazy also like just selfishly like i'm just pumped like all this corona shit sorry stuff has sucked like you know, all the George Floyd stuff going on, like this seismic change in the country. Like, I selfishly, I, I, there's still a part of me that is just looking forward to, like, the end of summer when it's just, like, every sport imaginable is playing and is in, like, a playoff or this or that. And who knows how long we'll keep them rolling because who knows what next uh, fall brings. But I'm just like, man, for, like, a month or two, it's going to be wild for a sports fan. Feel like all the money I saved not going to sports bars I'm going to spend in one month. <laughs>
1: yeah seriously
0: Uh, what's he gonna say yeah and then the MLS is doing like a tournament down in our, I think they were in Orlando as well and
1: what's, now, their, what's their setup for the tournament like what do you mean
0: I'm not sure dude I haven't read okay. enough about it the NBA one was just easier because they've been talking about it so much on the shows and like just laid it out I haven't been as up on my sports given the last week where we lived <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we have other sources of entertainment in this neighborhood now. <laughs>
0: Matt, do you know the MLS one?
2: No, I just remember seeing something about it, it being in Orlando. I feel like Florida's just getting a lot of action with all this stuff, um, with the way that they approach the whole thing and just like whatever. Like they're ready to do this months ago. Um, but, yeah, I think I think golf's returning this week in Florida as well.
0: Yeah, golf's back this weekend. Dude, what's
2: up with the NHL? Dude, good question. Um, I've heard different ideas floated, and I thought... I don't remember. I think they said they would do two different... Like an Eastern-Western conference, two-city approach. Um, I think. I don't know. It's There's been so much stuff coming through the feeds. It's tough to keep it all straight. But, uh, yeah, I remember, I think the NHL... I don't know how concrete that plan is, but I remember hearing as a rumor possibility or maybe it's more concrete now.
0: Yeah. And like, at what point, Cobb, you might know more about this with business mind, but like at what point do you just scrap it and go, we'll just wait till next year? Or is it like TV contracts? Like you've got to get that money.
1: Well, you know, as far as what they're contractually obligated to do, I can't say, but what I would say is I, you know, from my standpoint, I would say the important piece here is habituation You don't want people, you know, people, I mean, humans operate on habits. I'm actually reading a book about it right now. Like we are creatures of habit. We run these little micro routines and macro routines over and over and over. And you miss going to Starbucks too many days in a row. You know, you're going to start thinking about other options and maybe start making your coffee at home. And, uh, you know, there's a reason that recurring revenue businesses, SaaS businesses especially, um, are so highly valued. And it's because people... Fall into these ruts, and then they'll maintain the same behavior for you know 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And so, I would say the sooner they can get hockey into hockey fans' hands, the sooner they can get soccer into soccer fans' hands, the better. And it's you know even if it costs them an arm and a leg and they lose money on it, it's still worth it to not have that missed season, and people are waiting to go you know all the way back around to to next year. Also, from you know from just being a sports player and fan, I feel like. Um, we just need, we need to know who the best is, you know, and it's cool to actually run this stuff. We're all thirsty for it. And typically the people who are doing this stuff for a living love to do it, you know, and they're thirsty, whether you're a cameraman or a referee, like you're excited to get back out there and do it again. You know, it's a passion for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I think then on like the emotional side too, you know, sports is really comforting for, for a lot of folks. I mean, Ted, I know you watch a lot of sports. And so, you know, I feel like it's good on, on all levels to bring it back as fast as possible, even if the finances short term don't necessarily make sense.
2: What book are you reading, Cobb?
1: Um, I'll grab it. Hold on.
2: Okay. I just yeah. know a lot of people are interested in changing their um, habits.
1: I'm rereading rereading this one. It's called Atomic Habits. Atomic
2: Habits, okay.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, but I'm kind of just dipping in and out of a couple books right now. I've been, yeah, I have not been great at reading during this corona thing.
0: I think also, too, it's like, the Corona thing is just so much different generally, you know, like we've talked about like nine 11 or I don't know, other tragedies, you know, like sports is there to pull you kind of comfort you. Whereas this stuff, it just hasn't been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just live events in general. I mean, we're a big part of a lot of people's lives where they talk about concerts, like, sh- you know, um, conferences, sports and stuff. So yeah, I think the sooner they bring it back, Uh, Well, I don't know. I don't know if the government's looking at like limitations on it and stuff. But yeah, I think the sooner you return to normalcy in that respect, the less likely you are to be sort of disintermediated by something else. You know, maybe people start watching what you've been watching, Ted, like the Cornhole World Championships, and they don't tune into an MLB game. Or you said there was like, dude, you were telling me about some crazy obscure sports you've
0: been watching. What else was it? Uh, well, I really got into slippery stairs, but you got to go online and look that up from Japan
1: yeah, so exactly like so as you're seeking alternative you know ways to fulfill that That's need, same with like people who are going to Starbucks are now making their coffee at home you're sitting at home watching the Bundesliga watching like dudes from Ohio play cornhole and watching you know Japanese people doing slippery stairs, which is cool man. I think all those you know those like uh, entertainment venues are are valid, but then you know, if I'm the NHL, I'm worried about my bottom line because you're kind of a fringe fan. You watch a couple games
0: a year probably. Yeah, unless the Caps are in the playoffs. Doing well.
2: Ted, where are you at on Holy Moly?
0: All right, so I haven't watched, I haven't watched Holy Moly yet, and Dude, I haven't watched – uh, has Tag started yet? Like the, the uh-huh. Watt brothers thing?
2: No, I don't know anything about that. I just love right. Holy Moly.
0: What's, and what's that one again?
2: It's miniature. It's like miniature golf meets American Ninja Warrior. Like it is just, and Rob Riggle hosts it. No,
0: no, no. I have seen that.
2: Yeah, and uh, what's his name? Tessator from or Tessitori, like from. Yeah, Joe um, Tessitore
0: from yeah. from Monday Night Football.
2: Yeah, him and With Riggle. Boxing. It's so. It's just my favorite thing. Uh, I love that show. So, if you if you see it on, like, check it out. It's addicting.
0: Yeah, it is fun. But you're, I mean, you're absolutely hockey. I think also just has a weird issue is you need ice. Like, you can't practice every other sport, like, without being with each other, but you can at least do stuff that, like, replicates it. Like, at a certain point, like, those guys got to get on the ice and get laps in and just skate.
2: It's going to be yeah. interesting seeing the level of, like, rust uh, when and things first come back. Because, like, Cobb's talked about this um, in various aspects of life, but when you're at that elite level, like even a 0.1% dip in overall performance is going to be noticeable um, compared to what we're used to seeing. But I'll be interested to see like if everybody dips down 0.1% or whatever, like will we notice the difference? Um, And maybe some dudes or girls will be still wiling out at 100%. But yeah, I just think that'll be interesting to see how people come back to these sports after all this time off.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead. Kyle.
1: Oh, I was just going to say um, with hockey specifically, that is an incredibly difficult sport. I mean, I've played almost every sport under the sun. I did just a little bit of intramural ice hockey and it is taxing, man. So like they're going to, you know, they need that fitness. And it's a very specific kind of fitness. That's tough to cross train for.
0: Yeah. I also just wonder with, like, leagues starting at different times, like, I wonder if they're going to adjust some leagues. You know what I mean? Like, if you're basketball, and granted, I'm stealing this from Jalen Rose, but I agree with him. Like, they should just start that season later. Like, look, in the USA, you can't run in to the NFL. It is top dog and college football. You know what I mean? The football's top dog. So, like, start – like, I agree. Start your season later in the year. Finish in the summertime. I mean, people hoop in the summertime anyhow. Yeah, you probably sell a lot more merch, too, heading into the summer. Yeah, and, like, I know people love baseball, but, you know, I I don't know if it'd be good for baseball. Baseball's probably like, hey, we're the summer sport. But, like
1: <laughs> – Here's the thing, though, Ted, how long do you delay that? Because now, as the NFL season's gotten longer and longer are, – are we at a 16-game season now, I want to say, or something like that? I don't know. But the playoff – basically, they start in early August now, and they go through – The end of January, sometimes early February with the Super Bowl. So when do you
0: start that NBA season? But all right, so somebody like me, right? Like And I agree with you for what it's worth. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm such a junkie, right? Like that first NFL preseason game, like, I'll watch it, right? Or like a couple years ago, my mom was in town. I was like, let's go to Bills. They have air conditioning. There's like an excuse to like hang out. Uh but with that said, if I had a choice between watching preseason football or NBA playoffs, like the NBA Finals, I'd much rather watch the NBA playoffs or the NBA Finals.
1: Right, but it's the opposite because you're because the NBA is not running into August, or is that what you're suggesting? That's
0: what I'm suggesting. They should, oh, they should that late, yeah, well, through the summer. Damn. Okay, like, I think you could lure people away from that early football and like that baseball stuff, but. If you, if you, you know, that's like the MLS, right? They used to finish in December and they finally got smart and said, we got to finish in like November. Because by the time you get to mid, mid November, like college football is almost basically done. It is NFL time.
1: Yeah. And those are just so powerful. The end of the season for college football, even like they pretty much, in my mind, dominate November and December. And then the beginning of December, I start to kind of switch my attention over to the NH- uh, the NFL, but like NBA is not even on my radar in December.
0: Yeah, I mean, Matt, you're a massive hockey fan. Like, are you watching the first few games in October and November?
2: No, no. Mostly it's – I just consume football. Like, yeah, because, I don't know, it's it's like watching baseball in June or whatever. Like, it's still a really long season. Like, yeah. people t- compare hockey and basketball to baseball. is like, those aren't super short seasons. It's like 82 games is – Still, a ton of games where, like, yeah, early on, it's like whatever. It's more more exciting when it heats up.
0: Yeah, I think it's not only sports, right? We've seen this with like, I think I've seen it a ton with like music festivals and stuff, right? Like all of a sudden, a few years ago, everybody was going to three, four days. Coachella was two weekends and stuff, and then it's like some of the things like ended up shutting down. It's like it was like too much. And if everybody takes away from everybody, people can only afford one or two things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And tickets in conjunction with that tickets got more expensive for live shows in general, as they lost revenue from other sources, namely like, you know, album sales. So yeah, I'm with you. Something's got to give.
0: Matt, what's up with like the local music scene? Like, are they still doing concerts like online? I mean, it seems like it's gonna be a minute before you can pack people into a room. Like even like Tony V size
2: yeah yeah there's been a few live streams and it's everyone that i've seen has been to raise money usually for the venue that's hosting it All Tony B's right. has done a couple high dives done a couple um and uh i think glenn cannon did both those venues as did wyatt only and um You know, yeah, it's mostly, like I said, it's like we got to keep these venues, we got to raise money for these venues so they're still open when we can get people back into it.
0: (laughs) Oh, 2020. She just keeps on giving.
2: Dude, I was talking to somebody about this, one of my clients actually, about like New Year's Eve. I was sitting at the Carlisle Hotel with our buddy George and Nick and we were just talking about all these crazy goals for the year climbing right near all this stuff and it's like man here we are in June of 2020 like wow that feels like ages ago <laughs> like a different different set of like possibilities that we were dreaming up <laughs> we were so hyped and then 2020 was like we got other plans
1: Dude, in regards to that, I would say that's probably one of my favorite aspects of life as I've gotten older is I feel like growing up, I thought life was so uh, predictable and that you could, you know, do certain things and have certain outcomes, but the X factor of life is real. And I think it does, a, you know, obviously it can, it can cause a lot of stress and it can make people worry and it's not always positive, but What's nice about it is it's very unpredictable and that unpredictability I think adds a lot of interest and intrigue into the human experience.
2: I like that perspective.
0: It's going to be super interesting to see how this all, uh, I don't know, I don't know when it ends or what they'll say about this part of history. (laughs) It is is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Real quick before we get to emails, uh, no podcast next week. So I'm also telling Wow! Whoa. Whoa. And, then Matt, and then also telling our listeners,
1: <laughs> uh, you got a hot day uh,
0: now I just have some time off, so I'm not. I've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, doing extra happy hours and so either I'm just taking some time off. Cool. Copy that.
2: <laughs> Unplugging, quite literally. <laughs>
0: right, something like that.
1: That's <laughs> going dark. He's going full protester for sure. <laughs> I've known him a long time. He's going dark. <laughs> that cell phone's going off and he's getting involved.
0: <laughs> All right, Cobb, we got some emails.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Um, where'd my little tab for it go? Okay. Um, looks like four. Nice. Gentlemen. Ooh, that is a long guy. Um yeah, I'll try Have grab a drink. <clears throat> Gentlemen, figured I'd weigh in on a few legal questions you asked during the home episode nine. First, Aiding and abetting is essentially helping someone else commit a crime, even if your actual actions wouldn't constitute a crime. For example, you give someone a legal, weapon, no, a legal weapon knowing they'll use it to threaten and attack someone would be aiding and abetting that assault or battery. But giving someone that same weapon for self-defense because they've been threatened wouldn't be. Do you guys remember what t- crimes we were talking about committing? Uh, I hmm, I don't know. All right, well...
2: Uh could you get so, me the could you email back uh the statute of limitations on that? I might have a story.
0: I thought the statute was seven years on stuff. Or am I just guessing that? Or is it 14? Well, you know what? The statute depends on the crime in some
1: cases.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna want the person emailing to email back and tell me what that statute of limitations is, and then I may or may not tell a story that I may or may not have.
1: Right, but Matt, it's gonna depend on the crime because there are things like I, I man, we give a lot of crappy legal advice on this, but I believe that like things like rape have a much longer statute of limitations than Good. I'm asking tax specifically
2: fraud. about aiding and abetting.
1: Yeah. Carson it look may, into that. It may depend on what crime you're aiding and abetting too, is my point. Uh, second degrees for murder vary from state to state. Oh, I think this is, what we were talking about the secondary officers getting charged. All right. uh, but first degree always requires the highest degree of intent. That doesn't necessarily mean someone had to wake up in the morning planning to kill someone, but just losing control in the heat of the moment typically doesn't constitute first-degree murder. A common example of heat-of-the-moment murder is catching a spouse in bed with someone else and killing them. The George Floyd video clearly shows that wasn't in the heat of the moment, but it also doesn't necessarily show that the police were thinking, yes, we want to kill this guy. The hardest part of convicting for first-degree murder is showing that the killer intended... To kill, which is likely why the prosecutor in this case hasn't charged it. Um, as Training Day said, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Uh, third, you're spot on when you say that if you give police military gear, they're going to want to use it. However, the bigger issue is the training. Officers receive lots of training in what's called killology, which is done, designed specifically to make them more willing to kill and use force. The problem is that they don't receive nearly as much, if any, training on when not to use force or how to de escalate situations. If you want more details on this and why it's so dangerous, check out one of the recent episodes of an excellent podcast called Behind the Bastards. The episode is called The Man Who Teaches Our Cops to Kill and goes a long ways to explaining why police kill so many innocent Americans. On that note, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this chance to share a point that I think it's overlooked in these discussions. The issue we're facing here is really two separate but related ones. One, police brutality, and two, systemic racism. I feel compelled to point out that because conflating the two impedes progress on both, Here's the difference. A white American man is eight times more likely to be killed by a police officer than a terrorist, but a black American man is 200 times more likely. Police brutality is the problem that police are killing people at all. Systemic racism is the problem that black people are so much more likely to be killed. Systemic racism exacerbates the problem of police brutality as it does many other problems. Ultimately, systemic racism doesn't mean that white people don't face problems. It means those problems tend to be much worse for people of color. Sorry for the long email. Feel free to edit for length. As always, Lerbond and C-Town. What? Carson Lawyer. They always put it at the end. That's how they get me. I was like, you don't have to read this on air. It's always the last line.
0: <laughs> yeah, Carson's though are always pretty much on point. So, And he's just giving us legal advice.
1: <laughs> well, we give out a lot of legal and medical advice on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? And Mental. <laughs> yeah, dude, we, that's what when that doctor emailed us a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh Jesus, I didn't realize uh doctors were proofreading this. <laughs> I need to check myself. <laughs> like we did and, and Ted, you know, here's what I will say in our defense. We throw it out so cavalierly that it like it just it sounds right, you
2: know. Bob, you're <laughs> the king of that. Yeah,
0: I was like, I feel like that's put a lot of emphasis on we yeah
1: <laughs> 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 trust me bro get it removed um, hey fellas first off let me just thank you during quarantine it's been awesome to still have the greatest podcast in all the land all the, all the land. land so look forward to every week as for the cop topic something I've definitely grown to realize is that sometimes people just want to vent they don't always want help now honestly this could be a positive or a negative depending on the situation On one side, you could have your significant other coming home from a rough day of classes, just wanting to vent about their professor or the distracting gum chewer sitting in front of them. They don't necessarily want the obvious advice of sit somewhere else. They just want to decompress and let their frustrations out. Learned that the hard way. On the other hand, you could have the friend who regularly complains about feeling like garbage and that their knees and back are constantly aching to the point that they feel under attack by their own body. But that same person refuses to go see a doctor or chooses to criticize anyone who offers friendly advice also learned that the hard way anyway thank you guys for all you do and larp on alfie
0: yeah i agree with that i mean i run into it sometimes with a good friend of mine and i'll just i'll just look at him and go hey look i'm just venting like i don't want i don't want help on this like i'm I'm just pissy and i'm just venting p.s
1: charcoal grills are greater than grass gas grills and pancakes are greater than waffles any day of the week
2: Wow. Cobb has such a smug smile on his face right now.
1: (laughs) That's huge. I think that's the first pancake support email
0: I've gotten. Yeah, because they suck compared to waffles.
1: Dude, look, it's a working class meal, man. I I get that you wouldn't understand it. It's just it rolls up its sleeves and goes to work. You like that fancy stuff, dude. You're bougie, Ted. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like everybody, you know, any time of day, there's plenty of restaurants that have chicken and pancakes.
1: Hey boys, I've been catching up with the home episodes, but wanted to weigh in with some advice my dad always have has uh, whenever my sisters or I left the house. Always make wise choices. And whatever you do, don't lose the tap. It's the most expensive part of the keg. Mind you, I was 16 and he passed, and I heard both of these gems for years. Keep up the good work and LARP on. Jessica.
0: Jessica, you're 100% right. Like, and, like, me and my buddy Bernie, we both had taps, and you were, like, people had to, like, they had to invite you to parties, right? And it was, like, a thing. When you left, you took that fucking tap.
1: Party's over, everybody.
0: I have, uh, real quick, I was at a party once in uh, Deep Creek Lake, Maryland. Like, I knew a bunch of people. I was Jewish just going to
1: say that's the version
0: of having a boat, getting invited to everything, because you have a tap. Yeah. But we, so we go up to Bernie's, uh, his family doesn't own this house anymore. We go up there. It's all his friends from Frostburg State University, right? And the tap breaks. Now, Deep Creek Lake, right? This is like high elevation from Maryland, right? Out Western Maryland, almost like West Virginia. But it's a blizzard, right? So nobody can go get a tap. But we have this full keg, And you got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores in college. And then me coming in at like 340 pounds as a junior in high school. Like, we're going to drink this. We're going to figure out a way. So we drilled holes on each side and then just started dumping it out into like bowls and stuff. And then dude started lifting it up to chug it. I mean, it was, it was wild. Yeah, I love the lift up and chug. That's like the Stanley cup move. Oh yeah. I woke up, passed out with mustard in my ear.
1: <laughs> all right. Last email <laughs> to the greatest podcast in all the land, all the land, all the land. All the land. of sweet, sweet freedom. I wanted to see where you gents get your local news from. My wife's politics lean hard right, and she gets the majority of her news from Twitter. Every time I try to counter some of her more interesting claims, I struggle to find a good source beyond the big local news stations. I know that Antifa has not claimed Capitol Hill and is not using the East Precinct as their headquarters slash Thunderdome, but I can't show her anything that definitively says otherwise. Not a lot of street-level reporting makes it north of the wall up here in Linwood, so any suggestions you have would be greatly appreciated. With Ted and Cobb out running them streets while safely social distancing, and Matt having his ear to the virtual ground, I trust you guys to have some ideas that I have not considered. Thank you for continuing to do the show. Keep your heads up and larp on. Much love, Ross.
0: Uh, first of all, I would say on Twitter, I get a lot of stuff from Twitter, but it's good to follow both. It's like I'm not even sure I follow CNN, but I for sure follow Fox News and like, you know what I mean? You got because you you got to you can't just have your Twitter feed be just whatever you agree with. And then also, I mean, I have friends that are kind of much more to the right than me, so I'll keep them in there. And then if you want to know what's going on with, like, the protests and kind of stuff like that, you can go on Twitter, man, and just if you search the hashtags, a lot of times you can just find live videos of what's going on or people talking about it. But, yeah, it, it it's tough. And then the hardcore Antifa people don't help because, like, like, last night they chased a Fox News reporter out of there, and I was like, you still need reporters. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just not – I think it's I think it's very dangerous the way the president talks about media. And while I don't think Fox News is the greatest news outlet, I also think they have a right to be there and report on stuff. You know, you still should have a free media. It said from a member
2: of the media. <laughs> 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 Matt? Um yeah, I I'm trying to think where like there's not one specific source. Definitely like social media for the most part. Um and you know just following like ted said people from both sides my facebook feed in particular because i've just accepted over a thousand random friend requests from people i don't know because i use my real name on the station for years and so i see all sorts of stuff from both sides and like i feel like each side has its own like two sides within it um I guess it could be, like, far or central of, like, right or left. But, um, you know, I just try and kind of keep an open mind and understand that, like, people are going to, you know, have their own opinions, and you got to let that happen while also trying to find the balance of speaking up for what you believe in. And it's just a really interesting time for for all of this sort of stuff coming up um, in all these different situations. But um, I definitely think social media is – a great place to to see both sides like in the same feed and kind of come to your own conclusions based on what you see
1: ross i would say my direct answer to your question uh would be um i use a lot of reddit um r seattle which is a sub community or even better r seattle wa seattle wa Um, You can just search it on there. That has a lot of great stuff. And then another one that's honestly the best that I've seen is if you go to YouTube and you just search Seattle Live, there's a YouTuber called Jacob Snakeup, J-A-C-O-B Snakeup. And what he does is he actually has a live stream that's eight different live streams from around the country. So every city, they find the best live stream, and then they put them all on one video, and he gets thousands of people watching it every night. There's not there's a little bit of commentary, but it's mostly just as things are happening and unfolding live. Um, I think the title of like the live stream is multi live protests USA. But honestly, that's been really good. And then I feel like Reddit typically has a pretty good discussion in the comments. But I wanted to point out the thing that Ted said that I really respect is it's really easy with the internet, it's easier than ever to get trapped in an echo chamber. And so like I really respect that Ted follows Fox News, for instance, and a couple other, you know, more right. Um, leaning organizations, because, you know, any news organization is going to have bias, even the ones you agree with. And so hearing the other side at least gives you a little bit of um, a counter to that. And I think, you know, Corona is a really good example. You know, Florida, obviously, is just YOLOing out, and they don't care at all about social distancing. Seattle is, was the first to lock down and is the last to open. And I think, you know, maybe a middle ground in there is probably the most appropriate response. So gives you a little more balance. So I'm with Ted on that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I can just tell you for like show prep, I go to like Newser every day. I check out the Daily Mail out of England. FARC is a good, F A R K is a good news, like kind of gathering place. And like FARC and Newsers are just a lot of good stories. Heads up, if you go to FARC, part of that website, they collect all the stories. It's just busting balls. So a lot of the captions are pretty sick and dark jokes, just a heads up.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: BBC's uh, good too. yeah i mean some of them are awesome you're just like who wrote this one but <laughs> yeah uh all right let's see uh Cobb, is that good on emails yep well let's check with what's Madden and.
2: <laughs> all right um well it's been kind of a wild week for me uh <laughs> Friday, I mean, I would like to preface that this idea existed before everything started popping off, and it just kind of came to fruition quickly. Um, I don't know if, when I saw you guys last week, we had just decided um, for sure, and uh, Tyler and I came down to Palm Springs, uh, road tripped, um, left Friday, got in, or left Thursday, got in late Friday night um celebrated with a trip to in and out came home and passed out so sorry to make the zoom ted um no worries but uh yeah we just uh drove for like 24 straight hours to get down here because i took a thousand bathroom breaks and stopped to get for different soda waters but uh, you know It was just like, I don't know. It's comical the amount of times that I'm like, I got to stop because I did most of the driving. So it's like, I'm in control here. Um, And yeah, then I've just been down here um, working, relaxing a little bit. That was kind of the thing is like, both of us are just working online now. And it was like, well, why not have a change of scenery and do it in Palm Springs? And, uh, you know, just, we're going to go out to Joshua Tree. Um, Cobb, we want to check out. You sent an awesome hike that looked really rad to check out and uh, playing some golf and just, you know, uh, enjoying the, the desert heat. It's like 100 degrees today.
0: Oh, man. I feel like you're just rubbing it in Cobb's face. It was like rainy and 60 all day up here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we're still in
0: February
2: yeah well that's the thing is like because it was starting to get nice and i was like yeah but june in seattle is just a tough month to like get right i feel like it happens once every like five or six years and like if it happened this year like worth the roll of the dice to just come down here and make the most of desert life for uh we don't really have a return date it's just like let's go go live it up down there for a little while so yeah yeah i mean look.
0: The last couple years, we got really lucky with our summers in June. But I mean, I remember like the, like June's the toughest month, I think, for people in Seattle because it's like everybody else is getting hot and whatever. It's like, no, like it, it's legit kind of chilly and like rainy. (laughs) Looks like winter out there. Yeah, like Thrill was talking about making cream of crab soup because he was like, I don't know, it feels like a winter day. And I was like, yeah. Damn, I was like, but, you know, that's June. I mean, that was when I first moved here, everybody told me, they go, hey, summer doesn't start till July 5th. I was like, you mean July 4th? And they're like, no. Like the day after, it'll get nice.
2: <laughs> July 4th is usually garbage.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had July 4th where I've been in like, you know, t-shirt and shorts, but I can also remember plenty of July fourths being in a hoodie and like jeans.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Like get raincoat. your own
2: fireworks because you won't be able to see the big show.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right. Uh, see, well, I was going to ask you when you're coming back, but you don't have a return date. No, So sir. I guess with that, we will go to the cob topic.
2: Cobb topic. <laughs> <Boop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop>. Cob topic.
1: <laughs> all right, boys. So with this, I want to emphasize. That I'd like to keep this one
0: light. Okay. That was jarring by the way. You were stretching and then it like glitched and you were just like there.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so I want to keep this one light. Um so don't, you know, don't go too dark with it but <clears throat> Oh, sorry. Voice. Wow. Uh, there's no Yeah, there's no sneeze button at the house.
2: Sounded like a good one.
1: Um usually they come in three, so we'll see. Um so the big thing that's been happening to me, you know, over the last like four months, really, or No, you know, that's, that's too absurd. The last month and a half is that I come home from work and because of all the Corona stuff and or the protest stuff, um, I go to the grocery store cause I have, I have a really small fridge at my house. It's like basically the fridge you'd have in like an RV or something. It's like a college mini fridge situation. Um, I, so I buy food often. I go to the grocery store almost every day and I'll come home from work and I go and the grocery store is closed at like six o'clock or for a while they're closing at eight. I usually get home from work a little later than that. So um, the Cobb topic this week is what is an adult problem you were not prepared for? Like just simply like some part of being an adult that you're like, damn, I have to deal with this right now. Whether it's not having changed the laundry machine or just whatever else, like something that was kind of taken care of for you and now you have to come to grips with. So feel free to email us, literally the word email at thepodcast.com. What is an adult problem you were not prepared for?
0: Boys? The simple, easy one for me and I'm right, I'll be 40 this year. So you think I'd be better at it. I, I'm i fine doing laundry, but I absolutely hate folding it and putting it away. You just turn it on your bed and then slowly it gets dirty again? No, usually, like, I'll do laundry at next, so, like, I did it Sunday night, and then Sunday, when it was done, I have this trick where I'll just take a clean towel I washed with it, put the clean clothes in there, and, like, wrap it up like a burrito so it all stays together, and then <laughs> fold them. I folded them yesterday on Monday.
1: <laughs> That's classic. Right. Classic.
2: <laughs> um the first one that came to my mind was just how fast my fingernails grow
0: oh my god
2: That's I feel like in the once a month when i was a kid now it's every other day it's like oh my goodness
0: and i feel like mine have been growing faster with corona <laughs> like, i don't know if it's nerves or what but i feel like i'm clipping them all the effing time
2: and I've always wondered is that a like physiological, biological thing that happens with age or is it just our perception of time?
1: Good question. I know that when I'm in sunshine, they grow faster than my hair. But that's
0: the only one I can tell you for sure. Okay. I also think maybe as an adult, I'm just more conscious of it. You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, I didn't, or even a teenager, I didn't care as much. But as an adult, like I just,
2: I just hate having long nails. Yeah. If I can, uh, one time I remember I was listening to the mentor this is over 10 years ago now. And you guys were talking about like random things that guys don't think about that girls notice. And Ted was like, one of them's got to be your nails. And it just made me think about like girls notice that. And then it's like, you don't notice that your fingernails are too long when you're with a girl until it's too late. And you're about to have some fun with your fingers
0: yeah exactly right yeah yeah
2: so that's a that's a strong motivating factor for me to be an adult about it and keep them trimmed
0: yeah or in the winter time right like i know like i won't think about it as much and then like maybe you have somebody come over for a sleepover they're like, God damn, you need to trim your toenails, man. That hurt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't worn sandals in months. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Kyle, that is funny. The grocery store is definitely one of those. Not only will I say like going to the grocery store, but now I've gotten old enough too, where I get like frustrated with myself if I don't eat the groceries I bought. Oh, yeah, like, totally. You, know, you have food in there. You need to cook. Which – You know, always try to take positive out of negatives. That's one thing I'll give Corona. I've been cooking my ass off. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally with you. (laughs) Oh man! All right, well there we go. We're going for a while. Like like I said before, no podcast next week. I'll be, uh, who knows, man? Who knows? Could be up on a mountain taking a hike. I could be just up the street, barricaded in somewhere. I don't know. Going underground. Oh man! With that said, uh, Matt, you're good. I'd say stay safe, but you're not living in our neighborhood, so you're good. <laughs> Feels pretty. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll see you at some point uh, the next few days, and I'll be around. But uh, fight the good fight, Ted. Yeah. Thanks everybody for still listening to the home episodes. I know there's been a couple of glitches and stuff, but we're still like putting them out there for you. And uh, you know, for MCTP for Kyle and the Ted Smith this is the podcast. Cheers. And.